All right, another week, another late to the party podcast. Yeah, it's especially late. I think this is the first one we've done in is it two or three weeks now? Yeah, it's been a few. Yep, it's been been pretty busy in the neck of the woods that I'm populating, which is a weird <laughs> way to say that phrase, but you know what? We're going with it. Just keep rolling. That's it. We're live. Not we are. So you're you're surviving life. Yeah, you... dude. Like as as well I, I like to think of it as kind of the grimy, battle dusted sort of uh figure climbing out of the pit of despair that he fell into in the middle of a of a horrifying conflict it's like i'm dragging myself out of that at the moment and realizing there's a light at the end of the tunnel but knowing that i've still got a few more feet to to drag so it's get it's getting there painful yep the slog um i have a much less dramatic situation now my sister has a friend in town so the office is now the guest bedroom, and Ooh. so I don't have my Hackintosh or my Xbox right now. That's a bummer on both ends. Yep. So you've total, got, but you've got your switch though. Problem. Yeah, but I got a switch. Yep. So it works out. That's I've been playing my uh, Xbox and my Switch actually almost exclusively lately because I I just don't have the mental capacity to invest into something that I'm excited to play, if that makes sense. Like, Oh, totally. Like, like I don't, I, I really want to continue God of War, but like every time I boot it up, just sit there and go, I am just way too tired to get into this right now. Right. There are yeah. games that require your attention in the best way for you to appreciate them. And yeah, yeah I've totally been there. Busy stretches. <laughs> you just want to turn off. Exactly. Like, like last two or three weeks, basically the only game I've been playing consistently is Destiny 2. Um, and I cracked into State of Decay 2 for a bit, and I've got uh, Skyrim on my Switch. So I've been playing Skyrim a lot on my Switch. Cool. What's yeah. your impression of State of Decay? My impression is that it's interesting. I'm, I'm interested in what it prepares. I'm interested in the world it's, it's kind of creating and, and the, the concepts it's building. Uh, where State of the Gate 2 feels like a kind of game that's designed to tempt you to try and min-max it. So you're tempted to say, I need to get as many resources as I can, and I need to do this, and I need to do that. Whereas, on the other hand, it's it's just going to tell you, well, you just lost like all your stuff that you were stockpiling. That was a lot of time that was really well spent, wasn't it? You probably should have <laughs> just been focusing on surviving and not like stockpiling crap and... It's definitely got that sort of a vibe. It's very bleak. It's also, it doesn't feel like a AAA title game. It feels a little bit jankier than that. Like it's got a, it's got a button on it that's there to get you out of the fix. Like it says um, here to reset. Like it's, it's a game that is designed uh, around the idea that it is going to be pretty janky and it's going to break. So they built in an opportunity for you to get out of the jank if you had to. That's so funny. I sometimes wonder, just because it seems to be like studio consistent, which games are janky. Right. Like the last State of Decay was crazy janky. Oh, yeah. And like, like I've heard it was buggier than I'll get out. Part of Bethesda's charm is that it's janky. Mm -hmm. uh, their games are janky. Like the whole, um, I don't know the technical term, but that slow motion like pinpoint shot in Fallout. Oh, Vats. Vats. Yeah, that's it. 
that whole system was developed because in the first fallout game they were like wow our shooting combat sucks we better give something to the players so they can survive this yeah that that's when fallout 3 was literally just there so that you could actually fight against people because without it it would have been impossible which is it's so cool but it's so it's so funny to me because like certain studios clearly take pride like the nintendo games are always so polished and so perfect and right. then there's the Bethesdas out there, and someone is technical lead for Skyrim, someone is technical lead for Fallout, and yet... That person is like, no, you know what? This is just the right level of crap. This is <laughs> what we do. I feel like they're probably the ones in the office that are hurting the cats that are all of the other employees of the yep. studio. And they're it's... just trying to keep the wheels on in any way possible. That's got to be the case, because, I mean especially to use Bethesda games as an example, it's they, those games have so much packed into them. There's so much going on that a bit of jank is going to be expected, but there's just so much specific detail put into everything that they do that you have to expect. Like it's going to be janky. It's, it's going to be buggy. The, all the different systems that they put in place, they're not all going to work all the time. And plus, when you think about it, most, most Bethesda games have been running on the exact same engine since fallout. So, it's like, <laughs> yeah, yikes. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Um, the game that I've been playing on my Switch is Mario Rabbids, and that game is absolutely polished to death. It's incredible. It's basically like perfect. Like, I can't imagine them shipping it in a better condition than what it is. How, so, how difficult is that game? Like, is it, is it pretty hard to play, or is it like, pretty accessible pretty easy to do it's pretty accessible like literally only today have i started really feeling the the burn um previous missions that i've been playing i felt like i was being challenged and then like i completed the mission was like that's tough but then like i rated perfect with the stage so like it's it's been cerebral um but you could totally like limp your way through it not getting perfect scores and also there's literally an easy button that shows up whenever you start a mission um to give you an easier mode so it's super accessible which is really impressive that they've basically made like XCOM that both kids and adults can enjoy i've i've def i've definitely started to see a trend with nintendo as they're moving far more towards accessibility and trying to get as many people involved in a franchise as they possibly can than they've been focused on like making really difficult or impressive games if that makes sense like especially with their latest announcement that they just did what was it yesterday or today i honestly don't remember it kind of feels yeah. like both a little bit of both um yeah so well technically is that nintendo isn't that is i mean doesn't nintendo own the rights to it or is it to pokemon yeah no, Pokemon's its own company. Oh, this shoot, little, I didn't know that. This is a little-known fact. So, hilariously, harking back to Pokemon Go, and of course, yeah, we're alluding very blatantly and bluntly towards the Pokemon releases, but Pokemon Go released, right? And that was a whole, like, worldwide phenomena. Mm -hmm. Nintendo stock rose because a bunch of people bought Nintendo stock, but that's not the company that owns... Pokemon. It's Game Freak that owns Pokemon, right? Isn't it still Game Freak? I am doing the research because I don't want to say this wrong. 
I'm pretty yeah, I I feel like Game Freak's the name, but I could yes. be wrong. Uh this says Game Freak. They might be one of the developers. Yep, primary developer of Pokemon. Um, but there is a Pokemon company. That's bizarre. I didn't so even know that. Everyone assumes that it's a like Nintendo native, but it's not. That's crazy to me. Yeah, but it's, it's crazy. Bottom line, though, is Niantic. I think Niantic. There you go, yes. Niantic. That's the that's that sounds that sounds right. That's the uh, that's the Pokemon Go company, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Wow, this is riveting podcasting. Yeah. I mean, they, they do everybody research their, for their Pokemon. You're welcome, listener. <laughs> uh, you don't need to go to Google or Wikipedia. We did it for you. Live. On but, the our, show. but our bottom line is that like, Pokemon has made a very, very different choice than its fans expected to do on the Switch. But at the same time, what other choice could we have expected in all reality? <sighs> you know? This was the equivalent of like you're in the pool and you expect your buddy to cannonball right beside you, and then like seven people do it all at once, right? Yep. That's just... like we had such high expectations for Pokemon and their announcements, and then this literally came out of the blue. I don't even think anybody in the games industry was expecting it. I don't think they were either. Like, this seems like something that even a lot of the different writers, uh, people who work for like media with the games industry, they didn't expect them to go this route. They maybe suspected they might, but as heavily into it as they went, they're like, I don't know. That's kind of weird. I don't know why you would do that on your switch, which is especially with games like Zelda with games like Mario Odyssey with all these new franchises or like old franchises releasing these wonderfully rated new titles. You'd think Pokemon would go the same route, but they didn't at all. (laughs) Nope. And to like recap our prediction in our E3 episode, which I guess was our last episode, we figured there was going to be a complete overhaul of, of the Pokemon system right. for Switch, probably new visuals, new style, and that probably meant a reboot, pro- like possibly red-blue. What I've been hearing since then from games media is that it's yellow, um, and it looks like it is a remake of yellow, sort of kind of it's um, like they folk they focus on the story of yellow rather than the actual game the emergent gameplay of yellow where yellow was like very much integrating this uh this idea of having the tv show and then the the game itself uh this this one is not quite doing that so much as it's just telling a story yeah i'm so i'm literally like looking up a recap of the announcement because i know if i start talking I'm going to just misremember everything because there's so much out there. <laughs> um, let's see. Nude. All right. So we're going to just have to go through this bullet point by bullet point. Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pe- Pokemon Let's Go Eevee were announced for launch November 16th. I don't even remember hearing about that. Yep. That's one of like how many games that were announced <laughs> that's fair that's fair that one would go under the radar for me just because i've not really cared about pokemon for years honestly like i 
it's something I enjoyed, but after a while, I think I don't. I don't think it's I outgrew it because that's not the case. I think it's just bored by the style of it. It's I. I went no. I've you know I've done this before. I've done this with other Pokemon. I don't really want to do it again. Yeah. So it's weird. It's like, it's like they're on Switch, and I believe somehow they connect to Pokemon Go, but like by Bluetooth, you don't have to connect it to your phone. You don't have to use your phone. So it's like kind of a full Pokemon game, sort of, but also not really. It sounds like it's close enough to the existing concept of Pokemon Go that it's going to be really difficult for, uh, for instance, a parent to look at that and, and say, why am I spending 50 bucks on something that you already have on your phone? Yeah, or... that's the story there. Yeah. Um, they also said there is a quote-unquote core Pokemon game in development to come late 2019. Okay, so they're working on the next chapter, but this is not it. Right. So what's crazy is we literally have two Pokemon games coming in November in time for the holidays, and they're not even the big the big deal. They're not even like the big game. Quick sell, man. Quick sell. Yeah. Like I'm actually kind of impressed. Like instead of this feeling like a money grab to me, like this does feel like they're just trying to spam us with as much Pokemon as people like can handle. I, it's it like both a spam thing and it almost sounds like they're experimenting. They're like, I wonder how this will work on because it was so wildly popular in a mobile mobile format. I, I think it sounds like they're they're trying to figure out. I wonder how this would work if you could take it anywhere with you wherever you go. Right, and oh, the way and, the way they're yeah. connecting the switch and the phone, um, really interesting stuff. Uh, yeah, that's so crazy. I mean, late twenty nineteen core pokemon game that must mean that that's the 2019 holiday release title for Switch. Right. that's the big deal it's like we already had zelda and mario year one year two we've got smash bros and you know we have some other theories that we covered in our last podcast pokemon's going to be the big one for 2019 for sure it's going to be one of the big ones anyway i think switch is definitely developing itself into a very long spanning device it's like the freaking home run derby like every every yep. year <laughs> already all right um so then look, did you see this there's a pokeball shaped controller i did not what is that about this is the pokeball plus for let's go pikachu and eevee it's like this kind of keychain ball thing with one button on it uh players will be able to use that controller to quote bring one of their pokemon with them as they explore the real world <laughs> The Pokeball Plus will help you catch monsters in Pokemon Go and on the Switch. What? Yeah, yeah it's wild. Um, I think it's just like a motion controller for like throwing the ball. Because that was the big thing with Pokemon Go, right? Because every other Pokemon game, you just press a button to throw the ball. Pokemon Go, you did the swipe, and apparently that blew people's minds. They wouldn't shut up about it. I never played it. But, it's um, it it wasn't as great as everybody says it was but they're like i get to actually like throw the ball so i think this is going to be like that whole like bleeding across like real life and augmented yeah augmented reality that everybody insists is going to be like the next wave of gaming <laughs> right it could be a part of gaming yeah i'm not gonna rant about that right um so Junichi Masuda, director of Pokemon developer Game Freak, told reporters we took inspiration from and used the Pokemon Yellow version as the base for these games. 
these those games came after Pokemon Red and Blue, and what they did was take those original games and add a bunch of elements from the animated series, like Team Rocket and other characters yep. to better resonate with kids. Yep. They knew we wanted to, and I think this is where you're spot on about them experimenting. They say, we knew we wanted to try out new gameplay ideas with this game and wanted to find a version to add on to where it would make the most sense. So, I mean, like, they're trying. You know, this is crazy. This is gutsy. It's crazy and it's gutsy, but at the same time, it's also very safe because Pokemon has this, like, thing that it's it's got its nostalgia sort of hit that, you know, people your age and my age back into the game is the fact that we remember back in the, I remember the animated series like it was yesterday. I love that show. And they're going to be able to tie back into that. That's part of the reason why I loved Yellow as a kid was because it was it was my favorite game because it had the best story. Like, yeah, I was actually Ash. I had the Pikachu following me around. I was attacked by a Spearow that the Pikachu saved me from. And then I fought Team Rocket. And then I went to, you know, I, I was always trying to beat Gary, who sucked. And like, it was it was a great game because it, it adapted all those story elements. And, it, and they're clearly understanding that if anybody that grew up in that era and played a Pokemon game was to like, you were to ask them, which one did you like the most? A lot of them are going to say, Oh, I loved yellow. Yellow was so fun. And it, it's because of all those different elements that it added that made it just that different. And I think that this game is trying to do the same thing. It's trying to add in stuff. That's a little bit different, add in stuff that shakes it up a little bit. So you can say, Oh, that's, that's new. I should give that a shot. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, they're definitely just tidying us over, but like, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. That's crazy. Two games announced for November. We got a game announced for t- late 2019, presumably November again. Mm-hmm. And Pokemon Quest dropped today, the n- same day as the announcement. Did you know about Pokemon Quest? Pokemon Quest? So this is an RPG that is quote-unquote free to start. So free to play i guess <laughs> i see pokemon conquest nope pokemon quest pokemon um, quest so everyone is in cube style kind of like minecrafty cube style um three pokemon in your party i don't really there's not hardly any, like anything out with this because like it literally just dropped today I'm looking at the Japanese trailer right now. I'm looking up more stuff. So what in the? Yeah. Um, well, this is such a weird concept, dude. Yeah. So it's not Conquest. That's a previous game. It so, looks like a mine, like a Minecraft thing where you pick a Pokemon and you wander around. Yeah. Blockyard style, top down, real time action RPG. Face off against wild Pokemon. Nabarcon exciting expeditions and you're in tumble cube island <laughs> man what developed, a great idea developed by game freak hats off to them they could have just said hey we'll just focus on the 2019 game we'll make a crap ton of money they've literally developed a game that starts today that's going to need ongoing support two games for november a game for next year that's we I'll be honest, I'm watching this game go on. This doesn't even look half bad at all. This actually looks super fun. It's we got It looks it looks like Diablo with Pokemon. Out of nowhere, we got four Pokemon games announced. Wow. What a great idea. Yeah, I love it. 
when it rains, it pours for them. It's so yep. cool. Um, I've heard some interesting theories that they're trying to get this stuff out of the way so they can talk about the big 2019 game a little bit at E3. Um, I suspect it. I think we're either going to get little to no information on that game just because they yep. don't want to like overstep what they just announced. But oh, man, they're going to, they're going to hint at it and keep hinting at it just to build hype until next year. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully they'll use E3 to like actually cover Pokemon go Pikachu and Eevee to like actually show some gameplay. I feel like this year we're seeing a little bit more of a trend where it's like, between leaks and also just studio decisions studios are looking to like announce a game with just like a teaser trailer or a small announcement and then i'm hoping that means that at e3 we'll see more substantial content like let's get yeah let's get the time out of the way to announce it okay now that you know what it is let's actually show it to you for a substantial yeah let's time. let's let's spend e3 looking at gameplay instead of like here's our really cool cgi announcement right like, and i great. It, it's all it's been such a frustration of mine for E three when they're just like, Hey, let's have our fifteen minute stage show and we're actually just gonna show you a minute and a half teaser and then just have some suit talk to you for ten minutes. About your emergent choices you're making in your video game. Oh yeah, good call. Um <laughs> and then they're like, Okay, great, comes out in two, three years if it's not delayed and you're just like, Oh Yep. Like, I want <laughs> like... more of this Pokemon stuff where th- don't even tell me till it's ready. Like, Ooh, don't dude. even tell me until it's almost ready. One of one of, just bringing it up is just because I thought about it because that was one of my biggest frustrations of any uh, E3 was No Man's Sky's presentation and then how bad No Man's Sky turned out to be. Right. Have you heard anything about what they're doing to No Man's Sky? I know that they're still like overhauling it. They're it. Not only are they overhauling it, but it has been overhauled. It's coming to Xbox One. Uh, it is going to have multiplayer that you can group up with. It's going to have interactive base building. Uh, you're going to be able to have. Uh, you're going to be able to be, build planetary bases and communities. You can build a planetary empire with hub worlds and different trade worlds and stuff like that. Uh, you can invade and have starship battles with other players. Like it's basically No Man's Sky went. Yeah, you know what? We didn't do everything we said we're going to do. Here now we're going to do it. And I've been hearing all this stuff and going, "Wow, that sounds really cool. I wonder if it's just." gonna at e3 again they're gonna say look at all this emergent stuff we have show a trailer and that'll be it (laughs) yeah that's pretty cool that they're supporting it so far right yeah that's interesting to their credit that was a small studio so like i get they kind of missed on launch but like there's no way they had enough funding to like stretch it far enough right hey man made all the all that money off those initial sales all that money. But what's our what's our other game that we were going to talk about that's coming out or that was announced? Oh, Fallout seventy six. Oh man, I uh, I I'll be honest, I haven't read anything about it. There's uh, no information. There's just a teaser teaser trailer that's very short and cryptic. Um, uh, let me pull it up. Jason Schreier from Kotaku has some interesting. Yeah, I'm reading his article right now. Confirm that Fallout 76 is an experimental new entry into the long-running post-apocalyptic series. Completely new and completely different. Yeah, that's interesting. Multiplayer version of Fallout 4 with the goal of envisioning what an online Fallout game might look like. 
Oh, man. Are you bummed? It just sounds like they're doing... I I don't need a Fallout online. I didn't need an Elder Scrolls online. That's not what Bethesda does well. That's not what these franchises do well, you know? It's what we need. Just give us another Fallout, guys. Like, that's that's all you got to do. Yeah. You've well, got this. Yeah. Well, you and I were correct, though, that, like, w- nobody saw Rage coming, but we knew that there was going to be another big announcement from Bethesda. And this right. is it. Yep. Yeah. I, um, I'll reserve my judgment until I find any sort of complete definitive statement on Fallout 76 is going to be this style of game. Boom. There it is. Until um, then, I'm just going to sit here and hope for the best. Yeah. Everyone wants their game to be the game that everyone sinks 500 hours into. So, Yep. That's becoming the new norm now. Like, So even if this is good, I'm a little bit worried about that time sink. Yep. I don't know. I mean, I'm excited that they're doing another Fallout. I'm excited that they're iterating. Like, this is the tough thing. Like, if you're standing still as a game company, you're moving backwards. You know, like, if you're just doing the same release over and over, a la Call of Duty, mm-hmm. you're not you're not going anywhere. So, I do want to tip my hat off to, it. like, as cheesy as it is, Call of Duty and Battlefield, they may be hopping on that battle royale royale train, but like they're trying to iterate. Inter- Ooh, Pokemon Fallout, Fallout Battle Royale. Oh, that'd be nuts, dude. That that actually that could be something I could get behind. Like as far as the battle royale genre goes, that could be something absolutely hilarious and ridiculous. <laughs> that would be nuts. But um, Pokemon, you know, they're iterating. They're messing with their formula to Bethesda credit. Bethesda's credit like if they wanted to they could literally just make a new Elder Scrolls and a new Fallout every other year yep it could be identical and they'd probably be pretty good but like at least they're trying so this may not land but I do have to commend them for trying to push the envelope so well it's an exciting couple days in games yeah, dude, it's a good time to be a gamer. And it's not even, E3's not even here. We've had Rage, Pokemon, Bethesda, Fallout. E3 hasn't even showed up. And they're already dropping announcements like they're candy. It's, it's a good time. It's a good time to game. Yes, sir. All right. Well, I'll be honest with you. I'm, uh, I'm feeling the, the fatigue here. We'll wrap then. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, it's I, I I think that's a wrap. Uh not not that I don't enjoy the chatting, but it's very much uh I, I so like I said, I interviewed for my job yesterday. I found out today that I got it, which is great. It's Excellent. fantastic. Excellent. But at the same time it's like I definitely didn't sleep much last night because I was stressing about it and thinking about it. And so today was this very long protracted I am tired kind of all day. So yeah. yeah that's fair all right listeners we, or listener single whoever you are one guy I mean, some, hi guy i mean someone's got... out there there are plays in our analytics hey yeah heck yeah there are email us contact late to the party podcast at gmail.com yes we want to know or, or who you are or contact us on twitter uh i'm something on twitter <laughs> i can't remember 
think I'm at Connor Jack 13 or Jack C. Russ. One of those two. I think it's at Jack C. Russ. <laughs> at Trevor Boyson. I'm spacing on what our uh, podcast. Yeah, I don't know what our podcast is. It's extensive. Is. It's extensive and it is not, and it's very wordy and not very graceful at all. Email us. Yeah, do that one. Yeah. Um, all right. Till next time. All right, time. dude. Absolutely. Adios. Adios.